What's up, you assheads? This is, uh, that's for Style and Direction Heads. This is your host, Ethan Wong, telling you about a new sponsor we have this week. It is Strix. They are a men's cosmetics brand. Now you're thinking like, whoa, wait, cosmetics, that's makeup. Well, not, I mean, it kind of is, but it's not really. It's about covering and concealing your acne. Now, I mean, okay, so I, I'm, I'm a young guy, and I still get zits, and usually Spencer will ask me, Ethan, what do you do when you get zits? I just cry because I, I, I have a very bad diet, and sometimes I break out. And instead of, you know, just going through my day with a big old, I think it's like a red head? No, wait, a white head? I'm not sure what it's called. But when you get a zit, you know, you kind of want to cover it up. And Strix has a concealer tool for you guys. They have different... You know, skin tones uh, that you can choose from to match your own skin tone to make sure it looks as natural as possible. And they work against pimples, redness, acne, razor bone, scars, and any other imperfections that every man's face inevitably suffers from. You just have to uncap, twist it, and apply a small amount to conceal the problem area. And in addition to that, they also have a starter kit which comes with a concealer and with a moisturizer, which helps you hydrate and even out your skin tone. So both of those things, you can find them on Strix.com, and because you're listening to this pod, they've given us a special discount code. It's, well, it's a discount. You gotta use the code for it. It's called StylePod25. The 25 is in numerics, but StylePod is all spelled out because I don't know how else you would spell it. But it's 25% off any one-time purchase. They also do subscriptions if you want to keep buying from them, but if you want to try it the one time, use 25% off. It's a very exclusive offer that they've done just for us because apparently they love the they love the blog, they love the podcast, and who could blame them? I mean, we don't got any stuffiness, and soon we're not going to have any visible acne. So check it out, Strix.com. Thank you for sponsoring. Let's get on with the episode, and it's all about Milserp. Ba-doo! Hello guys, welcome to Stone Direction, a mentor podcast without the stuffiness. I am, I mean, my my name is... You're not? Borat. You know, I was watching, I was watching uh, on the subject of Borat, I was watching um, What We Do in the Shadows, and there's a great episode where one That's of the characters... That's a weird transition. Yeah, well, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was really funny, is okay. that one of the characters is like, we should do a talent show. And so you can do the impressions. And he would point to someone random. And the person goes, well, my wife. And I thought that was really good. And I think, I wonder why comedians have such a fascination with Borat. Like, why? what is it with... I mean, it was like a like, huge movie when it came out. It is. But I, I mean, like, you know, you don't see regular people doing that. It's always like, I, it's always like, you know, like UCB people who are like, oh, my wife. I, well, know, I think it's, it's like, it's like an ironic thing. Because it's like people were doing Borat quotes when the movie came out, and then like ten years later, it became funny to do it again because uh, it's no longer relevant. Do people? I remember like that's very nice. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. My (laughs) wife, like that. That one. My wife is like a very specific like improv comedian thing. Well, it's like it's just it's just comedians like you know it's like having in jokes. I think it's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like the, uh, it's it's like when you say. And also, well, uh, I feel like a lot of comedians don't do Borat jokes anymore because they think it's played out. Right, so it's like the indie thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
It's like when you say, um, like, what's your favorite Star Wars line? Uh, uh, it's all over, Commander. It's over, Commander. That's that's my that's one of my favorite. I say that a lot. Okay, that's a really good one. And I don't, you know, if no one knows what that's from, rewatch Return of the Jedi and then take a shot when you hear a certain. Scoundrel. Why would he take a shot? Does Say he burp? It. Yeah, he actually burps when uh, when Han Solo is covering his mouth. That's why. That's why. That's why okay. he's covering his mouth. He's burping. Uh, but my name is not Borat. My name is Ethan Wong. My name is Spencer. My name is what? That's right, Ethan. Yep. Um, welcome back. I mean, it's uh, this has been an interesting month so far. We've. It's a weird month because this month there's going to be, there's been three episodes because we do episodes every two weeks, but this week, this month has like five or six weeks or something like that based on like how it works out or something. Mm, it's the opposite of February. Yeah. It, this is where the extra day comes into. So usually most months have two episodes, but this one's having three regular ones. And if you're a patron, you just missed or you don't miss it. I mean, it's still up there, but it's our <laughs> it, special. It gets deleted after 24 hours. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's gone. It's 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 incredibly, incredibly. We made we made a limited edition print, like a vinyl print of that episode on a on a fucking 45. Uh, <laughs> and it it disintegrates after it's been listened to. <laughs> it's it's like a Mission Impossible uh, like tape recorder. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I you know I, I'm very happy that it doesn't explode it kind of just like smokes up which i feel like is more pertinent because that makes more sense than like it being a bomb yeah because that would like draw attention potentially kill um the, the, the agent the, right yeah, yeah wait what's his name on the tv show cuz it's not it's not ethan hunt or is it it's it's well spoilers it's the bad guy in the first movie cuz that's okay. the that's the original character but they that's didn't right. get the yeah for those of you who don't know the original they wanted to get the original guy to play the character because he was like, martin lando right yeah something like that he plays like ethan hunt's mentor but then turns out he's like working for like the like the kgb or something and the actor was like when he found out he's a bad guy he's like there is no way i'm besmirching this and also it's a thing i hate about like sequels or reboots where they take a character from like the original but make them a bad guy either they're mm. like jealous or they're like, oh, I'm useless now, so I have to like side with the bad guys. I hate, I hate that plot line. It's the worst. I think one. there should be more movies like, uh, like Star Trek, where you meet an older version, the old, like, the yeah, old the, version. That should be that should be in more like <laughs> movies that are reboots of TV. We stopped Khan at what cost? <laughs> the greatest cost. Yeah. I I you know I, I mean I've only seen that I I don't remember any of that movie because I've only seen it like like maybe. I mean, Twice, a lot of people and... don't like it, but I like I like Into Darkness. I've never I've never I was never like really into Star Trek. I never watched the TV show. I never watched any of the original movie. I still haven't seen any of the original movies just because I'm not I'm not a huge uh, Trek head. Yeah, S heads. Yeah. So um, I'm sorry if that I mean, offends I, I... anybody. I also I also have not seen uh, any Lord of the Rings. That's another thing that sometimes people get upset about. Oh, I mean, I've never seen them either. I mean, that's I haven't even I haven't even it. seen The Hobbit. You have seen The Hobbit. I have seen The Hobbit, and my my uh, people that I know that like The Lord of the Rings were like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> it was the only time it was available for me to go to a theater and watch it." You know, I was like, "What? Like, f- like eight or ten years old when the originals came out?" You know, I'm not gonna do that. I'd rather watch fucking Star Wars, baby. Yes, yeah, Star Wars. Um, is but a- fun anyway, episode. I guess my point with that whole thing was that. Um, 
our exclusive Back to the Future episode is available for our patrons. Yeah, that's right. You got, you got some free movie talk. And if you want more movie talk... You gotta, pay you gotta, you gotta become a patron. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And again, for the for the entirety of this month, whatever patrons we get for June, we are donating to our local Black Lives Matter uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. But today's topic is not movies. Today's topic is something that is kind of like a new thing for. Well, I guess new thing in terms of like the blog, and especially for 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 me because it's. Uh, it's Milserp. It's military surplus, military, not really workwear. Maybe workwear will get its own episode in the future, but this one is specifically about, you know, vintage or reproduction military clothing. And it is kind of a big one. A lot of people have asked us to do this one. In fact, mm-hmm. again, plugging our Patreon account, uh, we put it up there and uh, Eric, one of our good uh, P heads or sad heads, as we call them, um, if he's listening to this, he has this so bad. <laughs> he gets a he, he gets a he gets a free shout out. Um, but he oh, is that, that the shout out or do that again at the end? Uh, well, he's not he's not a sad cast fanatic, so he doesn't technically get one, but he's getting a free okay. one. Yeah, because he we put a poll up there. Um, and props to our producer Matt. Please don't get on mic. Um, where you know we were like, hey, we should do polls about upcoming episodes. That way, you know, maybe we can see what people are feeling and. Eric was the only one who commented, so we're like, okay, well, we're gonna go with we're going with Milsurf. Um Thank you, Eric. Here we are. Thank you, yeah. thank you. You're getting like a lot of shoutouts this episode. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing, and it kind of ties into our '70s um, uh, podcast episode. Was that was that the post. last? Um, that was the last. Well, yeah, that was the last mainline. That's the last official one. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is gonna be fun. One, I'm never gonna know like what's behind a paywall and what's not anymore. Because we're on both sides of it, we we create the content. Yeah, <laughs> it's us. We're the we're the sea makers. Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> I'm coining I'm coining it now. <laughs> okay, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be our first official piece of merch. It's a hat that says Sea Maker. <laughs> uh, I want a, I want a T-shirt that says <laughs> I, I'm the Sea Maker. <laughs> If you, uh, um, hey, if you have any suggestions for merch or whatever, we were jokingly talking about that in our Discord, which is another benefit we're, yeah, of the Patreon. We're, I'm sorry, wait, I feel like we're talking about too much about the Patreon. I don't want to make this, like, <laughs> this Hey, no, no, the goal ad. here is to make you jealous of our Patreon and our Discord. Yeah. But, okay, so let's, let's talk about, so what exactly is Milserp? Uh, Milserp it be, it stands for... Military. Military. Surplus. Surplus. So that's just. Uh, hopefully, I mean, it, MJ times that together. Don't get on mic, MJ. Yep. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Milserp is just—it's just leftover. It's just like either unused or well, it's—it technically means non-issued. Um, I guess like military equipment, and that could be anything from like you know fucking radios to fatigue uniforms, whatever. Um, but in the context we're using it, we're just using like vintage military wear, which is probably not technically surplus because um it's been worn before so yeah i mean like with a lot of things especially um you know like 30s 40s whatever you know like a lot of the stuff that we've owned have been owned by an actual person Mm -hmm. and we're getting them secondhand um either you know uh we're buying it from people who are selling it we're buying it from uh thrift stores we're buying it from from ebay and everything you know because there's just something special about vintage military stuff. It's kind of, you know, like anything vintage, it's all about the details you can't find today. 
And, yeah. And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it has, I mean, we, we, we talked about workwear a little bit at the beginning and it's, it's very easy to compare because they both have kind of the same charm about it. It's like the, 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 the patina that it gets at its, as it ages, like the kind of like hand repairs or like rips right. and tears that you tend to see. Uh, we wa- I mean, hey, we watched a documentary uh, yesterday. Uh, don't remember the 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 Italian translation, so I'm just going to call it Antonio's Colors. Antonio's Colors. About Liverano, and he talks about how beautiful a piece of clothing gets as it ages. And, you know, it's like he's he was talking about tailoring, but we're talking about a little bit more casual garments right here. But the same principle yeah. applies. The same school principle. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> what was the name of the principle from... I don't know, Captain Underpants. That's the first pop culture uh, principle, principle I Principal Benny Krupp. Thank Principal you Krupp. very much. There you go. Principal Krupp. See, Guys, I was, getting it, way, I was you... getting that confused with Officer Krupke from West Side Story. They're the same person. Yeah. By the way, guys, watch Captain Underpants. Fantastic film. Also, really great score. This has been a segment, Ethan's Score Talk, which maybe we'll bring into future movie reviews. and everything. Which, I mean, it, I technically bring it up in every movie one, but maybe we'll have a separate section for it. But, you know, yeah, it's all about, like, the special details because no offense to the armed services forces whatever you want to call them whatever no, no offense to them now but like modern ones just don't have the same appeal to them no you know they just and it's you like know, maybe think... maybe in 50 years we'll you know if we're still alive we'll say something different about that but you know it's like something yeah. i mean again it might be that i'm just like way too picky about what i buy but it's like anything at most anything after like the 70s i'm not super into yeah, I mean, I so if we kind of get into this, it's like maybe I'll maybe I'll tell a story later. But okay, that's a weird. That's a <laughs> maybe I'll I tell like a, a story. Later. Come up. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get into it. But no, I, I just wanted like yeah, things that were made, you know, after seventies, they just don't they don't look cooler. I mean, there's a lot and of it's like, like nylon you, mixes. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what that's everything. What's, what's great about. Uh, the, yeah. the stuff that we tend to buy, stuff from World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, whatever, is uh, it's all. I mean, it's like all cotton, all wool, it's pure whatever. Fabrics, it's like yeah. yeah, it's like organic fabrics, which we which and of also course we like. yeah. Back then too, if you if you think about it, like you had a lot of pockets, you had to carry a lot of shit with you. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, you know, with technology and everything, you know you wear less and less, you know, it, it, it might, it might protect you more. It might be lighter. It might be, you know, whatever, but it just doesn't have that same utilitarian feel. I mean, it's like, it. it's, it's and, so, it's so weird to talk about these, like these garments in these terms, but there's something that was just a little bit more kind of laid back and casual about yes, just like cotton definitely. overshirts versus the, this, like, you know, tech wear that has like fucking like Velcro every, like all over it. It's exactly. That's, a, you know, that's exactly it. And, and I think, you know, back then, um, especially uh, vintage military war was kind of made as like in my head, you know, as, as I'm making as I'm famous for my connotations of things. Military wear was basically like taking regular clothes and making them militarized. You know, like you look at like like an M43 field jacket. You had like field. They had like you know utility jackets back then, work jackets. But this was like made for the military. Of course, you had trousers back then. So then now you had like fucking military chinos. But like nowadays, you can't really mix military clothing with regular stuff. It's it's like a completely different design, completely different use. So. The, Thousand Yard Style does that with like more modern pieces and he pulls it off. But I just yeah. per- I, I personally wouldn't wear it. 
Yeah, I mean, and also then, I mean, he also picks the random ones that can work with stuff like more yeah, like, like his, shirt what, jacket kind of stuff that that jacket uh, that he was wearing when yeah. you're hanging out with the bloke that i don't i don't know uh what it was but it was we'll that have was, a picture in the show notes yeah that's that was that was a cool jacket our friend our friend hal not friend is he a friend of the pod or twitch he's not a friend of the pod i think he jumped i think he jumped into the twitch at one so point friend of the twitch he, he knows it, he knew exactly what it was when he when he saw it so we can we will yeah, ask he's him a big, he's a big millhead Mm-hmm. Mil- military head um but yeah you know it's just like a different time and you know so again when you look at those old ones like you know like like a jungle jacket those look like you know they have like a sport collar they have like a flat sport shirt collar you know chinos look like chinos they didn't have again crazy pockets with velcro everywhere meant to be worn with like boots like these but were, like, i mean of course there were like more crazy things like monkey pants or whatever that we'll get into yeah later. of course yeah but then but on a you know general level vintage Milserp looks and can fit in a lot better with classic like, menswear. Yeah, than like World War II naval stuff. uniforms, like like especially the the work uniforms. It was it was just like a denim jacket, like it was just like oh, a denim yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. Like you know the jeans had like patch pockets or whatever, but it was still just a denim jacket with jeans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had like you know like the OG one hundred sevens with like mm-hmm. the kind of fun Baker pockets on them. You know, well let's let's just talk about like our favorite stuff. You know, like like you know. Or I mean, the classic, like the classic, and one stuff. of the first things, per, first pieces of military surplus that he talked on the blog, I talked about on the blog, were jungle jackets. Yeah. Okay, that's a good that's a good one, and so that brings to my story where, mm-hmm. um, so. I, I, you know, I'm not a big military surplus guy. You know, Spencer got way into it more than I did. Um, we have a couple of friends who collected more of it, like the Gooch Brothers. We have our friend Doug, who I'm sure we'll bring on the pod in the future. Um, and we'll also get into his personal stuff later because he is a great source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there was Bryceland's. And Bry- the Bryceland's guys, Ethan Newton, Kenji Chung, um, and all all of their shopkeepers there, they all, like, have a love affair with with like a Milserp, you know, Alessandro Squarzy. There's like a subsection of like inspiration slash pity guys who like mix tailoring classic menswear with Milserp. And that's where I first saw the, the jungle jacket. And, you know, well, the first thing I technically had was an M43 field jacket, which I got from Joyride Vintage. That's right, yeah. And that one is technically, it's heavier. You know, it's a good like rain jacket alternative. Talk, I mean, like, we talked about it in the rainy day episode. Well, I um, mean, it's like, but, it's, it's, so the, 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 I think one of the things that appeals to us about things like M43s or jungle jackets is they are still very wearable because guys still wear like olive military overshirts all the time. They wear BDUs casually or they wear like, you know, a mall brand repro M65 and the jungle jacket and M43 are just like versions of those things. The original ones. A little bit cooler, just a little bit cooler. Yeah, exactly. And the jungle jacket, you know, like I, I technically didn't start out with the jungle jacket because I did not know what they were called. I had no idea. Oh yeah, to know, be is, clear, is, jungle is that... jackets were the like fatigue jacket, overshirt, Shirt whatever jacket, worn yeah. during in uh, during, were during Vietnam. So it's like yes. like a, it's a very standard military jacket. It's like you know cotton, either ripstop or just poplin. It has the four pockets, but they are diagonal and they are all, they are pleated pockets, pleated yeah, bellow pockets. Slap on yeah, them. yeah, and. Um, I, I didn't know that at the time. I mean, I kind of knew what they were, but they're, they're kind of rare. Excuse me. Take not, a shot. Not super rare, but it's, it's like, you know, not super, but like, you know, you don't see them all the time. You don't see them in like, like Goodwill or military yeah. surplus stores. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the funny so, thing is like none of the stuff that we buy. I don't think I've, none of the stuff we bought have actually been from military surplus stores because they don't have anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, mean, yeah. We'll, we'll get yeah. into the stores later on. Um, but yeah, the first thing I got was like a '90s BDU, like a camo BDU or something like that. Um, I don't know Bosnia era. <laughs> I don't know what the what the thing is there. But I mean, it's kind of similar. And then I realized, and then I found like a jungle jacket, and I was like, well, this is better because the like the '90s BDU didn't have the diagonal pockets. It kind of just mm-hmm. had like regular patch or not uh, regular squared bellow pockets and so i eventually traded it for the jungle jacket and i think honestly getting the jungle jacket was like okay i think i'm kind of into this milserp thing now you know and like like we said field jackets are super easy to kind of wear because they are a great like you know outer layer that kind of goes with everything i mean there's you know spencer you said that you saw that you will we'll put in the show notes it's like a it's old mad magazine illustration or something of like yeah. a guy wearing it in the 50s yeah it's They're like it's like this it's this gag about like how to impress people at a party and one of the things is like you know wear like dungarees sweatshirts and like field jackets and it's supposed to be like oh you're dressed like a fucking hobo but it's like in 2020 they look very cool yeah yeah i mean and again it's like it's all about finding alternatives to things that are still cool like and by that i mean instead of wearing like a trench coat which might be a little bit too you know too menswear or too inspector gadget you know wearing like a, an m43 field jacket can has like you know popped collar it ends a little bit above the knee it's cooler you know it has mm-hmm. a rugged appeal to them you know something like a jungle jacket we're like oh instead of wearing you know a harrington jacket you could wear a, a jungle jacket because it's it's light it's made out of cotton it's got it's like super convenient pockets. like it's it's been pretty yeah. hot in southern california last couple of weeks yeah. but i still i still wear that thing if i yeah. like, go on walks or whatever just because having that extra extra pocket room is super convenient and it's oh, not when it's, I, yeah and it's not like heavy enough to like make that much of a difference if you're just wearing a shirt underneath in Japan, where I'm, you know, where uh, if you're a foreigner, you have to take your, um, you're required by law. I th- I'm pretty sure to have like your passport with you at all times, because in case you know someone needs to stop you and make sure you have papers. That doesn't happen, but like just in case, um, it was cool to have because like, um, you know, I had that in like my breast pocket in case. I- oh, also to buy stuff because you know to show that you don't pay the tax or the vat or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to have that. Um, and also, just so you had your fucking wallet with your train pass on it, because uh, in Japan you take the train everywhere, and you need that. You know, it, it was really convenient for me when I went when I went to Japan because I literally had everything I had in my top pockets, uh, mm-hmm. the top two chest pockets for the for the jungle jacket. But of course, in general, Milserp's appeal is that you are getting cool versions of things or alternatives. You know, like like yeah, you could get like a pair of flat from chinos from Banana Republic or J Crew, or you could wear like World War II khaki chinos, which you know they have a higher rise, they're wider in the leg, but they're and like they're we great. and like we said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit older, but so but it's gonna have these, you know, it might again have like hand repairs or little stains or like stencils or something that you're not gonna find on some on like a mall brand item. Yeah, and. That's a little bit iffy sometimes, you know, like I think stencil stencils are cool. I prefer honestly having like cleaner vintage mm-hmm. ones. I don't they don't have to be like in pristine condition, but the less rips or marks they have the better. Just because I wanna add those marks myself. Yeah. Um that that's just a personal preference. I mean, I also have pants that have fucking holes in them or I've you know uh, I'm, I'm, some of my uh, I think my jungle jacket has like a hole in it somewhere you know? yeah my, I, I have a couple holes that I need to repair in my jungle jacket because one, yeah, of, the, but that's, one yeah. of the pockets is ripped which does make it less convenient but yeah okay. exactly um, but I mean there, there's a lot of cool stuff and you know in particular I think one of the reasons why I started to get into it more was seeing um, Kenji Chung's uh, camo monkey pants the M43 monkey pants 
which are super cool. Like, you, you think of, like, okay, all of Chinos are cool. Then the step up would be, like, an OG 107, right? Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or even, With, you like, know, the, the Baker patch pocket. The Baker, pot, Baker patch pocket. Like, lots of guys get into that, you know. So many reproduction brands, like, he, uh, not, not he, I don't think Heddles is a manufacturer, but, like, like 316 They're, or something yeah. will, make, will make them, you know. But then you go a little bit further, and, you know, seeing these ones from Onkenji, it was so cool because he wore it with a turtleneck and a navy blazer and a fucking beret. Like, it's mixing mm-hmm. a bunch of different shit together. And then, like, white socks and penny loafers or something like that. Super great stuff. And, you know, that kind of got to me because I was like, wow, that's that's cool. Because I know Spencer wears the, the – we have 107s, right? I mean, and I thrifted yeah. some, too, that I think the, the waist was just too small – because it's like I mean, it's a type f- of cotton that like shrinks over time, so you have to be you have to be really careful. Because the first pair that I bought was marked my waist size, but when I actually measured it, it was like three or four inches smaller than that. Um, Do you still have them? I I think I, I I gave I sold them to somebody or gave them to somebody, but I have yeah I have the pair that I got in New York, which which those you know those work. Yeah, I got mine in New York, and they don't they don't work. Uh, in fact, they're MJs, and even MJ after eating, we can't, you can't mm-hmm. uh, you have to undo a couple of belt belt uh, belt loops or whatever yeah. on them. Undo the belt um, loops, <laughs> belt <laughs> holes. Damn belt, it, belt holes. Um, there you go. Yeah, bo's. And um, but yeah, you know, like That's I right. I was still like I was still like, uh, damn it, you're right. B H. <laughs> you got it that time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I was like, okay, well, 107s are so, they're so commonplace that I was like, you know, I want something else. And, you know, seeing those ones on Kenji and seeing our friend Doug wear his, he, uh, Doug doesn't have the camo ones, does he? I um, don't he has, think so, but he does He has like have... the earlier version of them where basically, so the pants we're talking about, they don't have regular like slant or on scene pockets. They have like a cargo, like it like was, it was a very early version of a cargo pocket. pocket. So it's, you know, most cargo pants you see today. You have the regular hip pocket, but then you have a pocket lower down on the thigh or whatever. This yeah, was just side. like these are just huge like bellow pockets. Like yeah, right, right in between. Like, yeah, right on the side, right or right on the side. Yeah, where where um like on your upper thigh ish kind of mm-hmm. area, not quite. And they're they're really cool. And uh, some versions of them, I think the monkey pant one has a detachable. Not or I don't think it's detachable. It wasn't. It's, it's just a pocket it's on a, the ass. The diaper, yeah, for like which it's like it, it's it, you know it fits it fit like a lot of people think they're cooler because the ones with the ass pockets are rarer. I don't know. It's like I get the historical rarity, but I I don't I don't personally like it that much. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, it looks like you're wearing a diaper. <laughs> it's like it's again. I'm not knocking. It's like I'm not knocking anyone that wears those. I still I think they look cool. But if I wanted one, I would want one without the ass pocket. Yeah, and so I've wanted I've wanted some for a while because like those were cool. I found some at like Inspiration. They're like you know like they're expensive, and I lucked out because we went to a. A store, or please and thank you, a vintage store that I don't think operates at a location anymore. Um, but they were having like a, lo- a location closed down sale, and it was like a lot of like you know 70s whatever stuff, casual 40 stuff. And I saw a pair of M43 pants there, army pants. You know, they're like the monkey pants, except they're just they're, they're made of uh, all of HBT and Aaron they have side pockets. 
you know, they don't have the the ass pocket. And so, yeah. and they have like the 13 star buttons and everything. It's really cool. Super high, high rise, wide leg and everything. See, it's and like this episode whole... is going to be completely incomprehensible if you don't know much about yeah. military surplus. There, there's, yeah, I mean, there's an article I have about them uh, included on the fun pants one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I lucked out because I brought it to her and she's like, oh shit, these weren't supposed to be out because she thought. The, the owner thought that she had already sold all the rare stuff or kept it for the Japanese customers or like, mm. you know, more exclusive stuff. But it had, she had it out there. She's like, all right, you can have them for 120 bucks. And I'm like, that is a sold, my dear madam. And I said that to her to her face. And now I have cool pants. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, I have them because they are a great alternative to regular olive chinos or just regular pants in general. You know, that's that's the whole idea behind behind Milserp. Um And then I think that's all I kind of have other than like jungle jackets, World War Two chinos. I don't really collect like the shirts or anything, but I know you do. You have a bunch of stuff. No, I mean, most of my casual jackets are like like I have I have a couple um, denim like Milserp, like either reproduction or true vintage ones. Like I have a couple uh, World War Two HBT, which once again is herringbone twill um it's it's just like a it's just herringbone but uh i have a couple of like herringbone jackets um one of them is more like a chore coat the three pocket chore coat the other one is just like an overshirt uh i have like a camo jungle jacket and a regular olive one i've got it's all gonna be pictures of this on yeah it's like we i've got the the i've got like i have a lot of uh repro stuff because it's well mostly 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 pants uh well i only have two pairs of repro brands i have a couple like repro like denim jackets like i have a 30s shawl collar u.s navy one those are pretty rare um and normally go for like six seven hundred bucks so i i was fine spending you know 40 bucks on a repro um and then a 1930s uh pullover style denim jacket um that was worn like it was a '30s like army work uniform, but that was also worn by the Civilian Conservation Corps uh, during the Great Depression. Uh, I mean, it's like I, I don't know. There's there's definitely stuff that I'm like leaving out just because. Well, you know, I you get a lot a of my deck stuff. Jacket too, right? Don't yeah, you have I got... an N1 or something. Oh, that's right. I have an N1 that I bought off uh, Doug. That's uh, I believe a real McCoy's one that I was I lucked out on because you know I we I got like a friend price. And then I also like traded him a couple things for it, so I didn't have to pay that much. Um, but I mean, the, for me, military surplus has the same appeal that workwear always had. Uh, it's it's just like it's just you know as we've talked about like the 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 beauty in these incredibly practical garments. It's you know we're talking about them as fashion, but they were not designed like as fashion. They were just like you know. They were they were designed to be worn like on fucking like you know ten hour marches every day and like still st- like carry like fucking ammo pouches and and uh, other things. I haven't served. I don't know what you carry. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend that I know the life of a soldier, but uh, they got cool clothes. Is my point. Yeah, I mean, like that. That's again the the appeal of it, especially you know when we talk about the sixties and seventies where people started to wear these things out and in, and, and in yeah. public 
because that that's what they had. I mean, you know, like you had that whole era in the fifties where like GIs would wear like just like a fucking white t shirt and like a cool leather jacket, you know, whether whether it's like a civilian one or a military one, but then they wore it with World War Two chinos. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's literally what they had. You have the whole you know, I think one reason why we why it's so prominent is that the J- Japan has a big fascination with oh, it yeah, as well. Because on Maytora, you know, the book that we recommend a lot on this podcast. Yeah. I mean again, you know, we talk about like context and everything and, and the thing is Japan has no historical context for this stuff. Like they just liked it. Well because, because well it, it makes cool. so after World War Two when Japan was like being, you know, like occupied by like American like military personnel, um yeah. they would end up getting a lot of the surplus because after World War Two Japan's economy was like not going great. And so yep. they had to get shit from wherever. And so like the GI stationed there would like trade. I, 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 it's been a long time since I've read this, so I might be getting some yeah. of the details wrong, but they would like, they would like trade their like military jackets or whatever for, for like, you know, you, you talk about the, um, uh, souvenir jackets that came out of Japan, yep. which is not technically a military surplus item, but has a lot of like military connotations. Like, you know, yeah. so J- the Japanese would make those and then the Americans would trade their clothes for that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, that's that's what makes it super cool. And, you know, that, that the mentality of like, you know, having something that's, you know, different or whatever um, outside of the context is definitely one reason why it's or that's one reason why I believe that it's been fairly prominent in like menswear circles because menswear does take a lot from the Japanese, mm-hmm. you know. And they they love they love wearing it. You know, when I was there, lots of people were wearing you know olive every you know olive jackets, olive shirts, you know khaki pants and everything. And you know, it begs the question like, how do you pull it off, right? How do you take these cool items with these great details and like how do you make it work? And, and I, it's like it's it's you you know you would think that's an easy question, but sometimes there is a fine line. Like between you don't want to look like a like a guy cosplaying or whatever. You don't want to look like you're yeah. going to like a reenactment. Right, because I think that honestly, like you know, when we say pull it off, I think a lot of guys already like it. Like we we're not trying to like this podcast definitely isn't like we're not trying to sell you on it because all even all my friends who aren't into menswear they still love military jackets because they're mm-hmm. just fucking cool. You know, like my friend Scott, you know, he'll wear you know he he's he's a uh, he wears like regular clothes, but you know whenever we like happen to share like a real McCoy's picture in like our group chat or something. He's like, that's fucking sick. Or, yeah. Like, his, or when we like go his, to the Rose he's been, Bowl. he's been looking for like yeah. an M 43 liner for a while, but those are yeah. pretty expensive because they're very rare, but yeah. And he's also a bigger guy, which also, well, yeah, in general though, as which well, which is, I mean, um, we'll get into like, we'll get into repro options later, which is, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, so a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, it's, it's, depending on where you are it can be pretty easy to find but usually they're going to be in smaller sizes um yeah so yeah which looks out for me which mm-hmm. is one reason why i you know there are times where i find some stuff that uh, is pretty good you know yeah um but yeah i mean i think you know making it work is interesting you know it, it's not there's a there's a there's a like mentality that goes beyond just wearing like a like obviously if you wear like a Star Wars T-shirt and like a like a military jacket over it you're gonna look fine because lots of guys do that you know maybe you 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 might not have to be into menswear but a lot of people thrift right and sometimes you find it there and people will just wear it but making it work within classic menswear some people are a little bit iffy right because classic menswear is very formal you know there's a lot of different stuff in there but when you look further into it there's a lot of inspiration because even Ivy has a lot of like Milser put in there I mean the original I mean, like. Hey, 
hey, it's a, it's a meme, but it's like fucking military heritage, you know? Like a lot of a lot of garments came from military uniforms. Exactly. I mean, you know, again, when we look at the um, whether it's Ambitora or just Ivy history in general, the um, the chinos with white socks and, and loafers, those were like World War Two uh, or fifties, sixties chinos that were surplus, and people wore them, and they, you know, they they washed them and they shrank up to be over your ankle or that you cut them, you know, to make them fit you. And it was, it was cool. Cause it was a bunch of kids who like wanted to look nice, but like maybe they didn't have their parents money or they were on their own for the first time. So they would just wear those things with their Oxford mm-hmm. button down collars and their blazers and everything. And that's like, that's one way to make it work. I mean, I think chinos are the easiest way to kind of get into it. Right. Because yeah. khaki chinos, whether they're world war, I mean, if they're World War II, they're cool because, you know, not only is that super old and, again, the higher waist and everything, but it's still different than wearing, like, a Banana Republic chino. The wider legs make the silhouette look more interesting. You know, again, wearing all of chino is a step up above that because, like, okay, you got the khaki one, which is, you know, military or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then olive gives you that edge of, like, okay, it's really military. You're not just, like, wearing – you're not, like, some Christian Mormon guy wearing, like, chinos. You're, you're not wearing dockers. It's like, yeah, this is yeah, this is Yeah, you're clearly... leading into the – yeah, a nod to military tailoring. And then and then you get, you know, okay, olive chinos with Baker p- pockets. You get the M43s or whatever. You get all of that. Or you get, like you, – you have, like, parachute pants and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, those are fucking wild and weird, but then you wear that. It's all about being subversive and, like, challenging it, which I think works, you know? Um, Once you get in that mindset of, like, okay, I can wear a button-up shirt with slacks. That's fine. But, like, what's what's beyond that? You just take those items and you alter them. And military surplus gives you those extra details while still while still being like this is an old garment it's still in in vogue or whatever mm-hmm. you know it still has a place you know as they as they say yeah <laughs> who says that, who says that? Uh, yeah and then of course military jackets in general uh work because you know there's not a lot of like casual jackets that you know don't signify like they they signify something right like a leather like a leather jacket can be indiana jones or it can be like too punk or like a denim jacket can be hippie but military jackets have this kind of appeal of like an everyman kind of thing so mm-hmm. you can put that with fucking everything i personally like it worn with tailoring like straight up like you wear that with like gray flannels or something and, and panty loafers because and, and uh, tony sylvester does that a lot i mean there's um, that old like bruce boyer like you dressing like bruce boyer post that he made Oh yeah, when yeah, I first where got he's, the M43. where he's he's wearing like an M fifty one or something, but he wears he wears it as an overcoat. Um, even th- I even though you have to be careful with this because I tried it, but I think because I'm I don't know if it was because I'm taller or my the jacket that I got wasn't long enough. But you you, d- you have to you have to be careful with that. You want to make sure that the uh, that the the field jacket is proportional with your suit jacket. Yeah, because my M forty three can work over some sport coats but not all of them because mm-hmm. sometimes it goes beyond you know i mean again they weren't they weren't meant to be worn over tailing but you can which is what makes it cool you know it's like um, it's giving giving things new context it which is exactly that's like that's, that's like another common theme it. in the podcast but yeah yeah exactly and um that i mean that, that's what makes it easier i think you know you don't have to really think too hard about it i think you i think you know putting yourself in the mindset of like you just throw it on and I think mm-hmm. is is what makes it really work. Um, and don't be afraid to mix it with, um, you know, tailored pieces. Well, or and whatever. I mean, the other benefit, and this this is maybe because I wear like a fucking piece of like olive green outerwear every day. But olive green is like an incredibly easy color to match. 
Oh yeah. Um, it oh, like definitely. it looks good with almost everything. Like, you know, you could I mean, you could still wear it with like an all black outfit and it would probably still look sick. I mean, you did that. And I did. Right? And I yeah. did. I did. I wore that to a protest. I was so. going to say that was like probably the only maybe black would be the only color that wouldn't work with it, but no, it still looks good with black. I mean, yeah, automatically goes with blue and brown. I think I I really think it's just because stuff. because it's such a ubiquitous garment it just looks it just works with almost anything you can wear yeah exactly and well like you know there's also guys who wear it with other military workwear stuff that make which is that that's, I, that's I when personally, it gets i don't yeah that's when it gets a little bit harder um because you don't want to lean into like you don't want to look like you're a straight up gi or something yeah you know? so that's why that's why I you know i've done it before but i don't tend to wear like olive pants and olive jackets or you know if I'm wearing like a pair of camo pants, I'll pro- I might go with like a denim jacket rather than a military jacket, something something like that. But there, there's still, I mean, you can still do like all military and not have it look like you're going to. Yeah, like again, like when you look at our inspiration article, um, or even look at our friend Doug or, or or Garrett and and Josh, they all tend to like. Sometimes they go like all out military or like a lot of military stuff together, but I think it's always better when you mix something else kind of like with it. I think I think Doug's our only friend who tends to wear a lot of military together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a picture I have of him who's wearing like an N1 with mil- like World War II chinos and he's wearing But it's like, like he never he shirt. never looks like he never looks like he's he's like, you know. He he always looks very natural. On leave or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think because it's like, you know, you're not wearing them with like combat boots. I think like combat boots with military stuff is kind of like, I can't do that. I don't think I wear boots with my military stuff mm-hmm. if, if I'm wearing too much military. Like if I'm if I'm wearing like, you know, well, I don't do it very often. But like, but like Doug, for example, with the N1 and the World War II pants, you know, those technically were worn together, right? Like we'll, like uh, chin, like World War II chinos and... De- and I don't know if they would oh, be worn with like thing? an... N one. I mean, I again, I don't. I. It's like I don't know. I know about individual pieces, but I don't really know uh, a whole lot of information of like, you know, how they were worn or whatever. Like what yeah. context they would have been worn in. But the N one was like, I, I. I mean, it could have been. Uh, I, I it it could have been. I'm sure it was at some point. Yeah, but I guess my point is that when you look at him, he's wearing like high top Converse or something. Like he's mm-hmm. not wearing like. Uh, Converse is kind of an iffy thing because Converse to me is a little bit... We'll get into that in the sneaker article later on. But, like, Converse as military is a little bit too expected for me. You know, it's a little Because bit it's, too, like, very like, Americana. Yeah, and because that's what people... I mean, Converse has been around for a long time, so when guys did wear Milsert back then, they probably did wear them with, like, Converse or, like, Colchester's or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, you know, um, Doug's also been known to wear, like, high-top basketball, like, common projects, which I'm not a big fan of basketball shoes, but... Because of common projects, they're sleeker, and you know the high top could evoke the feeling of a Converse high top. But it's a different vibe, and that together with all the military makes it look like he's not just a GI. He's looking like a guy who is just happening to be wearing military clothing. Yeah. You know, I think again, taking things out of context, pairing them in other places. Because again, like for me, I can't wear too much military on top of each other. Like I once time wore, um, like I think I wore a jungle jacket with M43s. But then I wore it with like Vans and then I wore that with like a Star Wars t-shirt. You know, like that's mm-hmm. kind of like one way to kind of go around it. You know, I think that military surplus goes a lot with like, it's like punk kind of like, not like, like punk traditional, but like the idea is very punk rock where you wear it with different stuff. And, you know, 
people back in the 70s did that they wore like a like you know a military field jacket over some graphic t-shirt some like novelty t-shirt or something and i love that look yeah um, and my it's like, novelty you know, shirt of choice is always going to be star wars we, we talk so. about this is something i mean we're we have an upcoming episode on politics uh with our friend young chomsky that we're probably going to get into this more but you know something that oh yeah we can yeah something you always have to consider is again like you know when you wear uh, when you wear like a lot of military surplus it kind of like yeah there again there's like connotations with it um it's it's a lot easier to avoid those connotations if you're just wearing uh like a a a field jacket but if you're wearing something that has a specific branch of the military on it or if you're wearing a lot of military you you know you look like a you 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 either person yeah exactly (laughs) which is which is hard and again this is i got into this with uh with um um, with all just as well, you know, he, cause he was looking at like world war two, like great coats or officer coats. And it's really hard to kind of wear without looking like, you know, like fucking Dwight Schrute or like some like airsoft kind of guy who was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Military. Or even just like, look like a fucking steampunk guy or something. You I think, know? yeah. Overcoats are like harder. Um, and this, that's, that's one of the reasons why I like avoided getting a, a pea coat for a while, because I just think of them as like, that's kind of like oh, a nerdy I guy do jacket. have a pea coat. You have a pea that coat and right. yours, yours looks Yours looks good because my, again, it my has thing, my peacoat's fucking awesome because yeah. it has it has details that you don't find in any of the peacoats that like nerdy oh. guys wear. Yeah, honestly, yeah, a peacoat is a good one that's kind of easy to find at like most flea markets, eBay. But you have to like you have to make vintage sure you're getting ones a good are one. better. Yeah, vintage ones are better than like modern ones because peacoats are like the go-to like regular guy clothing you know mm-hmm. like or like especially the nerdy guy or i mean anything um and you know i love mine because mine has a very dramatic collar because back then peacoats did have very crazy wide collars and, and yours cool yours is a little bit longer than a standard one would be right now today right yeah mine's not like i mean i used to have like a fashion one back in like high school but then i don't have that anymore for obvious reasons um but yeah there, you know so like a pico, it's not that's not really the bad connotation to it, but like you know, it, it kind of gets into it when you're wearing like an officer's coat, maybe wearing like an actual military like shirt mm-hmm. can be kind of hard to wear, like the khaki. I mean, I have like a civilian version of like a military shirt, um, and I don't wear that with chinos because khaki on khaki is kind of weird. But you yeah. wear it with like jeans, you wear that with fucking gray flannel trousers. I think that's totally fine. I think something that Ethan and I both tend to avoid is anything with epaulets. And I don't know. Oh I yeah. Think, I think that's just an aesthetic choice for us. Um, yeah. Because yeah. But, so it's like, I would prefer, I would, if I had it like, you know, I would prefer a khaki military shirt that was just like, it, it would look more like a work shirt than it does a military shirt. Maybe. Which is why the one I have is a, is a, is a uh, civilian one because mm-hmm. it doesn't have that kind of thing. It does, it's from the 50s, so it has like a, uh, a like point collar, which sucks because I really want a spirit point one, but I haven't found the gr- a good, um, a good uh, khaki work shirt, military-style shirt. Yeah. Also, because uh, some vintage ones are made out of wool, and that is harder to wear. I would, I would say also avoid, like, wool military shirts mm-hmm. because uh oh that's just because i live in california and there's no way i'm wearing a fucking wool shirt yeah i there. used to have like this really cool 30s like new old stock uh wool work shirt with a chin strap that it's like i got that in high school for like pretty cheap on ebay and i loved it because it was like 
it was maybe like the rarest thing that I owned and it was like very cool, but I had to sell it because I wore it a couple times. I'm like, I'm not, I can't wear a heavy wool shirt. Like I can't do no. it. No, you can't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, we'll get into the politics thing in the future, but it's also just kind of wary, you know, yeah. like, as left people, you know, we don't really, we're not. Yeah. It's like, I, I, can, I consider myself an anti-imperialist. And so sometimes exactly. it's, it's hard to reconcile that with wearing garments from like the biggest imperial army of all time so yeah but it's also again punk rock we're reclaiming those things yeah no i mean that's what it's like you know you look at like a huge like i mean it's like maybe my favorite movie but also a movie that i think just has great style like inherent vice it's like he's wearing like a military jacket the whole time and you see i mean it's not just in that movie you see that in like like a lot of movies of especially mm-hmm. ones from the 60s and 70s of these counterculture characters wearing military jackets because you know they're it's it's like they're, it's it's the same thing that we're doing we're 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 wearing it in like a different context it's like we're kind of giving right. it new meaning exactly so where do you find military surplus and military clothing they, well the first answer is don't go to a milsurp store because milsurp stores do not typically carry this kind of stuff because again mill surf stores are going to carry what is currently surplus not like like we said it's like want velcro shirts velcro and it's like a lot of military surplus stores will have like there's a there's one by my house that i go to occasionally they do have like a stock of like vintage items but usually i mean they're the higher priced items and stuff like that um yeah you might you know be able to find a mill surf store that has like repro a lot of them carry like like, there are a couple, like, Rothko or whatever, which I don't know if it, it still probably has a contract with the U.S. military. Uh, I don't know yeah. anything about the brand itself. But you see, like, vin- like reproduction, like, Rothko jungle jackets or M65s a lot in surplus stores. But if you can, always go for original. They're not going to be that much more expensive. Like, you can get a jungle jacket for, like, 50 bucks or less, usually, if you, if you have a keen eye and eBay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I personally don't really buy too much because, again, I'm not, I don't have a keen eye for Milserp. It's not, you know, it's not something for me like, oh, that's a 40s jacket, you know, like, I can't do that with that one. Um, but, you know, having friends who are into it, again, being in the Discord will, you know, because sometimes we're looking at stuff, we put those in there. But, you know, we have our friends who source some stuff for us or who send us links and everything. I personally like doing flea markets, even oh, yeah. though you might be... It's harder to find. Also, you're in competition with literally everyone else in there because everyone loves selling vintage uh, military surplus. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, our friend Doug routinely goes there and buys fucking everything if he can. Uh, but I've gotten lucky a couple times. Spencer's gotten lucky a couple times as well. You know, yeah, check your local flea markets because, you know, I'm sure someone out there might be selling whether they found it or their, you know, their fucking family member had it i'm sure you'll find something yeah you're gonna i mean it's like and people kept them the thing is people kept these things because they were they were also just i mean once again like i said it's similar to workwear in that they were they i mean they were like meant to last like a reasonably long time it's like this what the, the, the a lot of this stuff was like pumped out pretty cheaply uh, which is, I've always thought it's kind of ironic that it was, like, all mass-produced, and now, like, these Japanese, like, artisanal, <laughs> like, they're being made by hand. Um, not a bad thing, just kind of funny. Uh, but, yeah, yeah it's, well, it's there's, funny. there's a lot of it, and it was it was made to last, so. Yep, yep. So, yeah, try and check those out. I mean, maybe thrift stores aren't that good, but they're also, there are a lot 
of resellers on Instagram and eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got like, you know, please and thank you. We've got raggedy threads, you know, uh, uh, people like Newson Street Vintage or Vintage Haberdashers. These, these mm-hmm. other vintage enthusiasts also happen to sell and pick. I mean, our friend Doug also sells and picks. So there's lots of stuff out there. We'll include some links in, in the show notes and everything. But, you know, it's, it's a fairly popular thing because, you know, if, if everyone else is buying, like, if, if 90s streetwear... 90s casual stuff is like the the hype. Millsurp is like the hype for like classic menswear, you know, for reselling and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the hype. Well, because it's have also, you guys I mean, it's like it's a different. On TikTok? Uh, as we we kind of talked about this on stream last night, but this is also like where where we live. Uh, it's it's a big thing. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are like really into military surplus around the LA area. Because it's like, you know, it's a little bit... It's, it's the go-to vintage. It's the it's vintage like, that actually can work. Because it's like casual. It's a little bit... It's it's kind of like punk rock, you know, a little bit. Uh, it's it's a very cool way to wear vintage in a way that, like, wearing a true vintage 1930s suit may not be as cool to the average person. Yeah, Rule of Cool, which actually someone on Reddit cited as a good episode. People so people talk, really people fun. like that episode. Yeah, I it's should like, listen it's right to that one with all... again because yeah. I don't remember anything. It's right up there with the said. all just episode about the uniform. You know, it's like you know a couple of things um, mm-hmm. are on there. Our biggest um, hits, but yeah, I mean, hey, if you guys are in LA, check out the Rose Bowl flea market. That's where it is. You I think see it's great style. I think it's coming back and... next month, maybe. I don't know if I'll be in t- attendance, but uh, I think on their website they said their first day back is July twelfth. Oh boy, is it? Maybe. Well, I mean, we'll verify this after the episode. We don't have to. This doesn't have to go on the show notes. But, well, yeah, I mean, no. we'll, find, we'll find out for our own sake. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, hey, it's my, fa- it's my literal favorite. It's the only place I shop, technically, now. No, it's You know, I don't really great. go anywhere. Like, I mean, it's like before, you know, before the pandemic, we would be, we would be there every month, every, at least every month that we can. Um, yeah. And it's great. You would, you just, like, you know. I had like a fucking jar that I would put like a couple bucks of my paycheck into. I would try to have like 200 bucks cash with me. Um, and with that, I was able to get some like pretty good stuff. Like 200, I mean, it's like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't consistently spending the 200 bucks every month. Um, but yeah. even still, like I was, I was able to like really build up my wardrobe with a lot more cooler casual pieces. Yeah. I mean, and all my, all my, Vintage casual stuff comes from there too. A lot of my work, uh, a lot of my mill strip there. Um, that's where I got my olive green poplin, or is it? Pop- I'm not sure if mine's poplin or ripstop, but uh, that's where I got my jungle jackets from. Um, my World War II chinos, all all that cool stuff has always been from a flea market, and mm-hmm. so definitely check those out. Um, and then what about reproduction makers, Spencer? I know that you have some of those. No, there's there's a lot. There's like a couple uh, like World War II impressions uh, at the front. Uh, what price glory? ATF. Yeah, and that that WPG. do that do a lot of like World War Two stuff. Uh, what price glory does a lot of like non-American stuff, which is kind of cool. So, the weird thing is, I'm not gonna name any names. I don't wanna. I don't wanna slander. <laughs> uh, I think that oh, some of the guys that run these World War Two reproduction sites have. Um, Maybe uh, weird opinions about Nazi Germany. What? What? Because I'm on the newsletter for a couple, a couple World War II like reproduction websites, or not the newsletter, okay. but and 
they they make a lot of Nazi stuff and talk a lot about um, uh, Nazi memorabilia. So I mean, we're not. <laughs> so. Oh my god! <laughs> and, I didn't know that. Jeez, I mean that's why I, that's why I don't do it. Yeah, so we're not saying that, like, everyone that's, like, super into military surplus is going to be chill because there's going to be a lot of fucking, like, Mark Furmans who, like, collect, like, you know, they have, like, a museum in their garage of Nazi shit. Um, Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't wear the clothes. Now, maybe not Nazi stuff. I think that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let, let, rephrase. We should we should I make know, it. We I know, make it clear. I know that black that black trench coats are cool, and uh, you know I'm, we do I'm, not. Hey, uh, Darth Darth Vader's Darth Vader's helmet was based on. But the, I think the opinion uh, of Street Expressa is that it is not uh, okay to wear um, like Nazi gear out in public. Like that should be that should be obvious. And I I think everyone that listens to this probably shares that opinion. But just to make that yeah. clear. <laughs> yeah, just to make that clear. I mean, hey, there was a couple of times where uh, this is kind of, I mean, okay. So I also had, I have one story. Not, I'm not going to say any names, but I saw one time on Snapchat where this guy was all like, hey, totally got a fucking Hitler youth jacket. Fucking sick. And like, it has like, you know, the, the intonation of being like edgy. Also, like there wasn't any like visible marks, but you can see where the patch was clearly taken off from it. Don't know if the guy did it. Don't know if he bought it with that patch already off of it. But that stuff is kind of like, even if it was like a cool short jacket, I would definitely not wear that at yeah. all because um, fucking Nazis, okay? <laughs> just, just fucking Nazis. And on the subject of the Mark Furman stuff, I remember one time, this is more of like a, a thing about vin- the vintage community. I remember going to someone's house and like, this is like, you know, like, this is like 2000 and like, 10 to like 2013, 14. So like, you know, way before Trump, way before any like alt-right shit but he was like guys check this out and he had like a fucking nazi pin and oh, i was right. like and i was like you know like oh that's kind of cool and edgy ish kind of like you know like you know like i thought it was like a, like a cobra or like a hydra type of thing right and then adam well, because it's like he... I, I, I mean you have been you have been a drawn drawn aesthetically to bad guys um, yeah i mean okay like i mean the empire in star wars is cool i mean it's also a fake thing you know like that's not you know a hydra is a fake thing you know like i mean so you're more comfortable wearing on... you're more com- i mean it's, you, you used to have a hydra pen you were yeah and i wore that when the fucking winter soldier came out but then now i don't know if i feel right wearing it because here again we're finishing off with the story uh this guy at a vintage event was all like hey guys check this out and under his lapel like how American Nazi sympathizers would do it under his jacket lapel. He would have Nazi pin, yep. and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." And then when we went to like a fucking, oh, Spencer wasn't there for this. When I went to the fucking, and I, you know, like the guy at the front desk was there. He told my friend, "Hey, dude, you're wearing your pin." He was like, "Oh, I didn't do it today." He's like, "Oh, what a shame." And I'm like, in my head, I was like. What? And I'm like, oh, they're talking about fucking Nazi pins. Like, and the thing is, like, yeah, there's edgy stuff. Let's all be satirical, whatever. Trump, blah, 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 alt-right. Look at the white power. Okay, hand symbol. But that's still kind of like a weird thing. And to tie it in, you know, these guys are also very into military surplus. These guys are into very military reenacting. So, again, if you're into it and you're like us, you're left, you know, you're lefties, it can be kind of weird to kind of get into it. And of course we're going to get into it more. I, I want to say our... that almost everyone, I, like everyone I've met at, at like Rose Bowl or inspiration who sells military surplus stuff has been really chill. Uh, I think this is more an issue on the reenacting side rather than the fashion side. 
Yeah, and again, re- also reenacting guys tend to not wear military stuff casually often. I mean, it depends who they are because there are some more modern guys who are into reenacting who have you know. I mean, I if I'm not personally into reenacting, but like if if there, I mean, if I was, I would probably just wear the stuff that I had casually because my attitude with most things is like it's just clothes. Um, and that helps you, I mean, it helps it be less of a costume, I think. Yeah, exactly. And people who think of it as like a costume to like put on when they're, when people aren't looking, that's where it gets kind of, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> problematic. Yeah. But, uh, what, yeah, so we were I, talking about where to find it. Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else okay. Well, I like, most like vi- curated vintage stores. So again, not thrift stores, but like curated vintage stores are going to have a military section. Well, well, what's your favorite, what's your favorite like repro brand? Oh, my favorite repro. Um, uh, I have a couple things. I mean like real, like real, there's something like, no, like I mean, McCoy's, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We like, didn't mention uh, those. Mr. I, Freedom. But, like those, no. like the big ones, you know? Yeah. yeah it's like really they're, I, if you can I, afford it and find it, if you can afford it, it's great. Uh, Nigel K. Bourne doesn't do a lot. I mean, he has like a, a bunch of like strict, like military reproduction stuff, but yeah, it's also a very cool brand because he takes these things and like adds his own twist to them. Um, yeah. The thing that I bought most from is probably, I don't know, either at the front or what priced glory. Um, those are both pretty good, but I mean, if I could afford it, like I would absolutely be getting more of the like Japanese, like reproduction yeah. brands because and, as I said before, the, they, yeah. these are, they're all like, you know, fucking like handmade. It's like very artisanal. Yeah, and also, I mean, lots of regular contemporary makers that may not be focused on vintage military, they have a lot of designs that are lifted from it. You know, mm-hmm. like you look at Drake's with the, apparently the joke, I totally forgot, the the Dick 43. <laughs> the D43, whatever. that's right. The D43, you know, like is, is, is basically their version of the M43, you know, but sartorialized, you know, made out of like a heavyweight linen instead of like the regular cotton twill or something. You know, like Craftsman Clothing is about to come out um, with like an M65 made out of like a melange cotton silk, which has like, you know, cool like, uh, you know, like a little, um, well, it's melange, so you have like mm-hmm. a little bit of flex of like of like pink or green in there or, or cream or something, and like that's that's cool. I you know, I a lot of people again take inspiration from vintage military because it's it's got some great designs. People have been wearing them forever, and they're just you know they have uh, something special about them that, that makes them better than wearing like a modern like BDU or something. Mm-hmm. They, they're just more interesting. They're a bit more sartorial, and you know. It's cool to see, like the Armory, I think, has some like jackets, something like that. You know, J Crew routinely does reproduction. Yeah. RP J Crew. Um, so. Oh yeah, this is the first no. episode since I'm no longer an employee there. Even the J Crew episode we recorded, uh, I was still working yeah. there. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and of course, like you know, like I think Uniqlo has some stuff. I mean, Uniqlo had like a sports shirt that looks it's made out of ripstop that's clearly like you know, uh, after a um, you know like a '70s fucking. Uh, military shirt or whatever and so yeah there's a lot of places you can that you can go to that maybe if you don't want to do straight up like you know straight up n1 there are places that make like versions of that mm-hmm. you know and so yeah mill syrup is cool and you guys should uh get into it I uh we already mentioned work. a couple accounts to follow uh i mean our our friend doug who i don't think he doesn't post super often i think and when he does no, I mean he's he's he posts his outfit pics a lot, but his Instagram is you can call me Douglas. Um, 
like there's a lot of other great like i mean what you should do is if you if you are in an area that has a, a like a bigger flea market just talk to the sellers and follow them on instagram um yeah that's how Again, that's there's also like that's how that's how we found a lot of cool people to follow i mean it's like hard to go through and list just because like that's like half the accounts i follow on instagram <laughs> But, you know. Yeah, way more than me. I mean, I felt like, like, I always like, again, military surplus done, maybe less workwear, but more so, like, Rugged Ivy, like, New Street Vintage, I think is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there are also a bunch of other guys out there, too, like, um, that, that I'll like it. Chuck, you know, again, hey, all of our Discord people getting shoutouts today. You know, we all we all take inspiration from it. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess I forgot to talk about, like, fucking jumpsuits. That's something that's oh, kind yeah. of cool. Maybe that'll, that'll have its own episode in the future if we wear it more. Cause I, know I don't we, own a jumpsuit. Like, you know, that's just you. But you do have but you, you do have an overall. I'm saying, like, like that's overall true. kind yeah. of outfits or whatever. That's also kind of like a military thing that's kind of hard to wear. But um, to answer your question, because I'm pretty sure you guys are going to say... But what about your M4, you know, your 1943, 1945 one? Uh, yeah, my answer to that is that I wear that, but with, like, sneakers or loafers just to kind of remove the overt military connotations because it is, like, you know, that one's harder. You're literally wearing, like, a fucking jumpsuit. Yeah, it's like but, a whole it's a whole outfit uh, in one piece. You can't, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But then Chuck had an outfit, I think, recently that he was wearing, like, an Oxford with the... Uh, um, with the coveralls, but then he tied the top half on, you know. And I've done that before, which is really fun. Like, I didn't think I would do it, but then one day I was feeling bored and I did it, so mm -hmm. it's fucking cool. Um, oh, wait, really quick. A couple... So, if you if you want to know specific brands yeah. that may... If, other than the ones that we've mentioned, like, you know, fucking... Like, what price glory, Bronson, you know, whatever. Um, like, websites like Clutch Cafe London or any shop oh, like yeah. that that had you just go to the brands list and you can you can find stuff like there's a lot there's a ton of great brands too many to mention in this episode but just yeah that's that's a good place to start yep that is that is uh a good place um clutch i place. mean just Jap like if you find like a lot of japanese people in general have great stuff um just any you know, anytime you see of... a japanese person ask them <laughs> ask them <laughs> <laughs> military <laughs> surplus <laughs> yeah don't do that just feel yeah don't they'll think you're they'll think you're weird you know uh -huh. um but you know if you follow them um you know there are a lot of japanese uh sellers you know even who have great stuff um and you can also lust after it because these japanese sellers get their hands on some crazy rare stuff and mm -hmm. following them on instagram is probably one of the only ways you'll see it you know oh, yeah um so yeah well, I think that'll do it for this episode. I think so, too. So I guess it's time for me to thank our sponsor, Strix, for sponsoring Strix. this episode. Strix! Is that like the the, uh, the River Sticks? That is actually where they got their name. Uh, that's hope, not true. That's not I true. So. I would hate to... I would hate to slander. <laughs> you would our hate to like for them like to, to issue a correction. Yeah, you do not under any yeah. circumstances. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to the beginning of the episode, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, what? Yeah, that would be a weird thing. Him? Why don't you tell them what Strix is? Uh, well, anyway, Strix is a uh, it's a new concealer brand or cosmetics brand uh, just for men. Now, Ethan, what do you do when you have zits? I I uh, I get sad because. I normally like I normally don't you get feel... many zits, but I, I I'm like oh fuck, and I just kind of have it out there. How would you feel if I told you you never had to be sad again, but only about that one specific? <laughs> I was to say, but do you have do you have like, a solution? Well, Strix can make you happy. 
Well, they can, they can make you happy about everything in your life, but they can yeah. make you happy that whenever you present yourself, you're putting your best foot forward. You're putting your best face forward. Uh, now, like I said, this is, is that, a new... Is that an actual thing? Is that the no, actual No, but like, it, okay. uh, if they want to use that, they ha- they already have our payment info, so... <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, it is a cruelty-free... It's a it, uh, uh, concealer or like cosmetics brand. Uh, they have option... They, they design products for every type of guy out there. Uh, yeah. So that means they work with all skin types. They work with all skin colors and minds. Um, and they are actually offering us or our listeners a discount code. What is the discount code? Tell it to us. So if you want 25% on their order, uh, go ahead and use, uh, offer code style and is it style and direction style pod nope. 25. Yeah. For so 25% more... off any one time purchase, because they also do subscriptions. You know, if you guys want to continue doing it and they have like a little, they have a built in discount, I think for, for you know if you're subscribing but if it's just a one time you get 25 and as i told us in this one. email this is a pretty exclusive offer you are not going to find anywhere else that uh does, yeah so we're cool yeah once again and it helps it helps you by getting it because once again you're putting your best face forward tm uh <laughs> TM. but it also helps us because uh, if right. you use that discount code it helps the pod a little bit um that's right so yeah, yeah, so they have a yeah they have a it's a concealer. It's basically you know if you have a zit or uh, pimples, redness, acne, razor burn, or any other imperfections. What about my whole face? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it can help my whole face, but it's a concealer that you can use to cover all of that up, which is. Great I mean the because... other the other nice thing about this. So yeah. I I I can I can assume that most guys who listen to our podcast probably don't wear makeup. The only time I've had to wear makeup was for plays, and I never liked it. Uh, but this doesn't, it never, it doesn't feel like you have stuff like caked on your face. It feels very natural. It's not going to be super noticeable, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, think of it as like a Tide Pod pen, but for your face. <laughs> you wouldn't want to take a regular Tide pen and uh, draw it on your face, I'm assuming. This yeah, one you would. Th- this one you would. What they really need to do is they need to come up with just like a regular Tide Pod that maybe like conceals all the imperfections what, what uh, yeah, on if the inside of one, your body. What if they had one? That like a Tide Pod, you you crack it open in the shower, and then all of a sudden you have no acne. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that wouldn't that be great? But hey, we're not we're not product development at Strix. We're just here to talk to you about the concealer, and they have the concealer one, and they also have the starter kit, which has the concealer and the moisturizer, so you can hydrate out. And again, honestly, I. My face used to have a lot more. I think if you look at like really old blog posts, I had like kind of bad skin um, because I also started the blog when I was like fucking 19 years old. Mm-hmm. But moisturizing is super important. I'm sure Spencer can tell you moisturizing is important and drinking water can help. But also having a tinted moisturizer to hydrate out and even out your skin tone can also help. And so one so, more time, that discount code is stylepod 25 25 uh, t- 25 is in numerals the rest is all spelled out yes uh, 25 for 25 percent off any one time purchase that's right that's right that's right and again um go ahead check them out at strix that's s-t-r-y-x dot com and if you want to follow us specifically like if you don't you know hey if you're here for the acne stuff go for it but if you're here for the style and direction stuff you can follow us at style and direction all spelled out we also have a twitch channel and a youtube 
for all of your gaming and all your archiving yeah, needs. So also, a lot of fun we, stories. Yeah, we stream twice a week. That's for right now. The schedule is Wednesdays and Saturdays, 8 p.m. Central. Correct. Central. Central. Uh, PST. <laughs> Pacific time. Pacific lots, time. Lots of, um, that's right. Our YouTube, we're uploading old episodes, but then you can find... Uh, some Twitch stuff. Again, no no current plans, but we, we're open to doing video content in the future, so keep your That's way down that. the line, yeah. That's um, you, can, you can follow me at Ethan M. Wong. I'm at Spencer DSO. And big thanks to our producers, MJ and Matt. Please, I swear to God, don't get on mic. I don't, nope. know, what, I don't know why I have to keep telling you this all the time. Yeah, that's um, a big we problem. Will, yeah, we will uh, see we, you guys. Hey, don't forget oh, wait, our special no, patrons, our sad heads. Oh, yeah. Sad heads, thank you, too. Uh, let me pull it up because I totally forgot to pull it up. <laughs> but anyway, so don't for, don't forget, we talked about our Patreon the first, like, fucking That's 15 right. minutes of the podcast. Uh, there's a special tier, Sad Head. Uh, no, you, you pay an extra that, five no. bucks a month. Sad right? Head is the regular. Sad Cast Fanatic is Sad Cast Fanatic the top is... one. 10 bucks a month. That's five more than the regular. You get the same benefits, but with the added bonus of us uh specifically thanking you at the end of each episode yeah although the rest of our patrons got shout outs during the body of this one <laughs> but a uh, special thanks to seth peterson and austin malott for being sadcast fanatics we hope that this list gets bigger uh, next time around because again these guys for donating this month and of course all of our other patrons as well we are donating it to black lives matter uh organizations yep so this month you can uh you're gonna be helping it is this even come out this, this comes out end of June. Yep, it's end of June. That's so you know time. it's gonna be cutting it close, but you have you have some time to uh, do a good thing and also get yep. some cool bonus content. Exactly. So thank you again, Seth Peterson and Austin Malat. I think Austin, that's how you say his last name, Malat. Um, uh, if I, not, I mean, we'll he, have I a correction for you. If not, he gets asked that a lot. Thank you. I'm here all day. Uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. That's my wife.